Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing why plant-based meat brand Plantera Foods is shutting down and what's next for the future of food tech. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. So uh, we talk about food tech a lot on this podcast, but I wanted to sort of give a little bit of a roundup of what is next for the future of food tech. So um, a few weeks back, we saw um, the future food tech event in London, um, where brand executives, investors, and entrepreneurs from all around the world came together to discuss large-scale solutions in alternative proteins, health, and nutrition. And we know that, you know, since the global population and climate change are putting the climate or sorry, are putting the planet at risk, attendees are, you know, we're seeking to gain an understanding of how they can alter the fate of the earth through food tech. So detrimental habits like burning fossil fuels and clearing forests are contributing about 11 billion metric tons of carbon into the atmosphere each year. And at this rate, we only have about seven years to change the course and adapt industry production methods to avoid economic as well as environmental costs. And this, you know, we're not trying to reverse the damage. We're merely just trying to change the course um, and hopefully put in some some better better production methods for the future when it comes to food. So at this future food tech event, topics such as the future of food regulation, infant nutrition, food safety, and protein production were featured throughout the two days. So here is everything that they sort of discussed um, at this event. So the first one was the future of protein. So we talk about this all the time. And a major category that was highlighted at this event was protein production, and specifically the potential for uh, cultivated meat, which speakers and exhibitors at the event identified as a way forward for sustainable meat production. And we talked about this on um, you know, a few podcasts ago, Stakeholder Foods, which was one of the exhibitors at the event, even allowed visitors to 3D bioprint steaks at its booth. Although it's not yet commercialized, speakers did express hope that regulations will allow lab-grown meat to reach consumer shelves in the next few years. However, it might be a while before price parity is reached between its animal meat counterparts. And food regulations also serve an important purpose in ensuring foods that reach the market are safe to consume and are void of malpractice. However, several companies at the event commented on how difficult it is to get novel foods to market with many finding the regula- with many finding the regulation system hard to navigate. So speakers agreed that the only way forward is to build a new value chain for cultured meat through collaboration. Then the second thing that was uh, you know discussed, very popular topic at the future food tech event was precision fermentation. Um, with several companies like Planetary, New Culture, and Perfect Day emphasizing the benefits uh, this technology could offer the dairy sector as it ventures towards becoming more sustainable. So the negative impacts of methane from cattle was actually a key argument in, fav- in favor of the burgeoning technology. So pretty similar to you know the need for 
um, different methods of production for protein as well. So with consumers searching for dairy alternatives that taste the same as their traditional counterparts, dairy alternatives have been steadily rising. However, not all is not lost for traditional dairy, because if precision fermentation makes its way onto retail shelves in the future may not be oat or soy, but dairy products made from proteins found in cows. But, you know, is this method more sustainable? And it is, since precision fermentation doesn't rely on thousands of cows. Um, as a result, not only are methane emissions lowered, but so is animal feed and land use. So essentially scientists will be able to, will be able to and are, they're already doing this, to make bioidentical dairy products using milk, uh, including milk, ice cream, cheese, etc., in a bioreactor. So we are already seeing this, it's just not as, uh, it's not as prevalent yet. And now there are also two post-pandemic trends among consumers. So many are keen to explore new foods with the convenience of quick service outlets, and they're also enjoying cooking at home. And at the same time, consumers are asking companies for full transparency when purchasing food products, with many asking questions that companies have never heard before. So some of these questions include, what are the environmental impacts of product production? Um, and, and just wanting to know exactly where their food came from the steps that it took to and the steps that it took to get to them. So this has resulted in a global drive to rethink product sourcing, emissions, meat usage and packaging. So while a key driver for purchasing food products has always been taste, the need for products to also be sustainable is now pretty clear as well. So, you know, as I was writing this, I was I was just sort of reflecting on the foods that I know and love and and it seems like in the next five to 10 years, even even beyond that as well, we might be seeing like quite a huge shift in uh, in not only the foods that we eat, but just the way that they were made, because we don't want to get rid of any of the foods that we love. We don't want to get rid of meat, dairy, things like that. Maybe some people do, but I think the general population doesn't. But we really might be seeing like a massive shift in production. Um, do you think that that is going to, you know, do you think a lot of people are behind this? Or do you think that we're sort of still more resistant to this change, even though we know that we only have a limited amount of time to sort of switch the course? I think most people are for a change as long as they feel like they have like full transparency into like what's going on how is the food produced etc right I, I do think most people realize like okay we need like sustainable ways of, of food production right the population is growing um it doesn't show signs of slowing down right um so yeah i think most people are for all like food tech yeah, I would agree um, largely with uh, with what Vera said in terms of people, you know, being in favor of food tech. But at the same time, uh, I don't know how sustainable it is. It kind of seems like people would be willing to try it at first, but I just feel like they might still gravitate towards the real thing or the original version of their favorite foods. But um, because... You know, we've seen a lot of alternatives out on, on the market for different uh, food items, but somehow um, some are pretty good at replicating taste and um, textures of the real of the original version of the food. But I don't know if they're quite there yet for a lot of them. So I think that's why maybe people 
might go back to their old habits. I feel like that kind of happens like with the new food that gets introduced. It's like, okay, let's go try it. But I don't know. It has to be really, it has to really knock it out of the park for it to be sustainable, I think. But food tech is the way of the future. It's going to be a big part of the future. So not the entire way. You know, it's not like we're going to be paving a whole new path and we're just going to ditch traditional farming. But um, with climate change and so many people um, being very um, aware of that and wanting to contribute to helping slow climate change and to change and to reverse the the um, detrimental impact that we've um, had on the planet, I, I do think more and more people would be open to alternative solutions through food tech. And it's exciting to see, like, you know, all of the things happening in food tech. So um, definitely there is a space for it. If it's going to replace traditional farming altogether, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, and just last or a few weeks ago, we were talking about how, you know, there are groups against uh, GMOs. Mm. Um, and, you know, if, if things like that exist, then of course, there's going to be some resistance to completely new technologies that are replicating traditional foods as well. I think, you know, we can see the vision um, and we see the, the, the need and importance of, you know, food tech. But it might be lost on on some people and if it doesn't taste and feel and and look exactly like the original then yeah there certainly might be a um not as much turnover or you know like multiple purchases um of of products that are made through like food tech but yeah i think as as i have always mentioned it's just about creating a balance between the traditional and the new um just so that you know we can ease a little bit of you know, carbon emissions and, and get get those numbers down a little bit. Um, because I feel like younger generations are certainly more keen um, on trying and, and maintaining those habits. Um, and maybe that's a generalization. I just feel like they, um, little, they're a little more environmentally uh, aware uh, than maybe older generations are. Um, maybe since they don't have as much time left to care. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think we see the vision and it's and it's certainly um, important. And um, maybe at next year's summit, there'll be an entirely new technology that I can discuss and freak us all out again. <laughs> but moving on to something, uh, you know, somewhat related, we have a um, plant-based meat company that's shutting down after only two years after making its retail debut. Um, and I noted that, you know, it, it seems like there's so many plant-based meat companies that are popping up, but one of them after only two years is, uh, is completely shutting down. So this is called, it was called Plantera Foods and it was owned by JBS, the Brazilian meat company. Um, it has permanently ceased operations in Colorado and it closed its manufacturing facility and laid off its entire staff of about 120 employees. So Plantera Foods were, if you, if you don't recognize the name, they were sold under um, the retail brand uh, Ozo. Um, and it offered plant-based burger patties, grounds, and meatballs. So the products were formulated with pea and rice protein fermented by shiitake mushrooms. And 
after 2020, when it made its retail debut a, a year later, it expanded into the frozen foods um, category with the introduction of burger patties, sausages, chicken patties, and chicken nuggets. And then in August 2021, the company opened its headquarters in Lafayette, Colorado, which featured an innovation center and an office space. And then in December, the company opened a 189,000 square foot manufacturing facility. Um, but this wasn't actually JBS's only plant-based meat business. In April 2021, it acquired Vivera, which is a European um, company which, with three manufacturing plants for $410 million. So while all the major meat players, including Cargill, Tyson, and Maple Leaf Foods have made moves into the plant-based meat category, JBS went all in with Plantera food, Foods, which was a standalone operation. So. With several competitors in the crowded space, the Ozo brand attempted to stand out by making its first products also soy-free and contain less saturated fat and fewer calories than its rivals. And we've talked about, you know, plant-based meat a lot, and uh, a lot of them do contain soy and are pretty high in saturated fat and calories. So they really tried to differentiate themselves um, through this through this way. But despite this, it couldn't do it enough. Um, so we don't, the reasons aren't exactly clear why JBS decided to terminate this business after only two years, but until recently, the brand had been attending trade shows and announcing new products and commercial partnerships through 2022. And, um, just a few weeks ago on September 22nd, it even issued a press release, a detail in collaborations with commercial operators. So sort of strange that, um, it announced that it was shutting down, um, you know, shortly after that. So the closure comes as the U.S. plant-based meat category continues to actually struggle. And a recent report from the Brightfield Group showed double-digit declines in many meat alternative segments during the second quarter of 2022, including plant-based sausages and fish, which were down 17%, burger alternatives, which were down 7%, and then chicken alternatives, which were down 6%. So JBS's move to shut down Plantera Foods follows Maple Leaf Foods' decision to reallocate some resources from its plant-based meat businesses, including Light Life and Field Roast brands, back to conventional meat among slowing sales. So this doesn't necessarily signal the end for meat alternative, uh, for the meat alternative business, but it does indicate that JBS and Maple Leaf Foods' growth charts were far too ambitious. So. We even have prominent plant-based meat players, including Beyond Meat, Gardein, Morningstar Farms, and Corn, also experiencing flat or declining sales in the last few quarters. And recent sales figures have caused concern in some segments of the business. But many believe that the sector will bounce back as retailers weed out the poor performers and valuations of plant-based meat brands drop to more realistic figures. Not to mention, um, you know, many reports, including one that I found from Faxon Facts and Factors valued the global plant-based meat market at around 7.5 billion in 2021 and estimated that it will reach 15.8 billion by 2021, sorry, by 2028 at a compound grant annual growth rate of approximately 15%. So while Plantera Foods was just another casualty of this billion dollar business, many others will likely find more success in the years to come. So what are your thoughts on you know, traditional meat companies venturing into the world of plant-based meat? Do you think that it's purely, you know, they, they saw the potential and they wanted to get in on it and it's not working out for them now? Do you think they, they, they have a place to be doing this? Do you think they know the business? 
um, or should they just stick to, to, to traditional meat? Like I said, you know, Plantera Foods is shutting down entirely. Maple Leaf Foods is reallocating its funds back to conventional meat because their plant-based meats are, aren't selling as well. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a business and they have to, you know, do what's best for the business. But yeah, what are your thoughts on, on traditional meat companies getting into the world of, of plant-based meat? I think that they're doing it from a sustainability perspective. Um, JBS is the largest meat company in the world, I believe. And I imagine they've had to endure a lot of criticism about like, you know, things like livestock emissions, so on and so forth. So I think um, they went and uh, put some investment into Plantera Foods just because it's a plant-based meat company and they wanted to cover their sustainability goals. That's my opinion. Um, <laughs> as to why they're now, uh, you know, pulling the plug on them, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> I actually think the, the opposite, or I actually think this is not uh, motivated by sustainability and them being, you know, it might, you know, just from the goodness of their heart for the environment, but I think it's 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 a purely business decision. I think it was a purely business decision for them to have gone into plant-based meat because what it's like a, you know, a billion dollar industry and, you know, they wanted a part of it and um somehow they probably didn't um invest a- enough expertise into it and you know, weren't able to really keep up and then it was, I think, a business decision to pull out after they saw um, the losses accumulating. So I think, um, you know, the plant-based um, space is has been growing, I think, exponentially, if I'm not wrong, like in the last couple of years. So it's just been really, really big. And so I think big meat producers just want in on that. You know, if they see their consumer base um, if there was a demand for it, then they're like, well, why not? Like, we, this is a form of meat. And so let's um, get into that as well. But it's very interesting to me that, yeah, like you hear that the plant-based industry, like Sydney, if I'm not wrong, it's like, I don't know how much it's worth. And it keeps growing, right? It's like a growing industry. But it seems like big makers are um, pulling out now because is there – has there been a drop in demand or like what exactly has been going on? I mean, yeah, in, in just for example, like this, the second quarter of, of this year, um, a few categories have been down and I would attribute it to um, just oversaturation mm. of brands and I think, you know, we, we just see too many, yeah. um, which, which isn't a bad thing. It's very good. I'm glad that we have so many options for, for people who don't eat meat or people who want to try different alternatives. But I think there's, there's way too many yeah. to try. And that's why I think once retailers do really like weed out the poor performers, then we might see an improvement um, in, in demand. I think people want like consistently mm-hmm. good products um, and they don't want to have to keep searching for what they like. And it's still, you know, while it is such a booming uh, business, like in general, um, it's still quite um, a young business. Um, Just when comparing it to shopping for, you know, meat and dairy, we already know what we like and Mm -hmm. what we want. You know, we we get the same things all the time. Maybe we try something new, but we know what it's going to taste like and we know that if we like it or not. And with with the plant-based meat business, like, there's just so many options to choose from. And I feel like people are always still sort of searching for like 
the the one or two or three products that they really love and until they find those maybe they'll they'll gravitate to either traditional meat or or just won't select those products because they're still relatively expensive mm-hmm. too we yeah like we don't know if if the prices will ever sort of reach parity with with meat at the moment um but yeah there's just an oversaturation of of companies in the space and that might be why you know plantera foods is has shut down and i actually agree with with both of your points with regards to you know meat companies getting into uh the plant-based meat space like i think it is uh, a happy coincidence that it's also better for sustainability but at the like at the end of the day it's definitely a business you know financial business motivated um and yeah like it really isn't i also wonder about like people who are you know vegan or vegetarian if they take issue with the fact that jbs cargill tyson and other meat companies like own plant-based meat brands like these would have to be like they're really strong Mm -hmm. like ethical vegetarians and vegans but i wonder if they take issue with that or if they even know because they're sold under entirely different Different brands so 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 it would be hard to know if if i didn't Honestly, if I didn't write about it, would know I wouldn't that, know. that, you know, this Plantera was owned by JBS, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. ah, that's a great point because, yeah, that, uh, yeah, for some strict vegans or, you know, for, for people who are vegetarian or vegan for ethical reasons, like that is going to be, you know, it's like the, um, uh, like, how do you reconcile that or that mm-hmm. kind of a thing? It's like a you know, a meat producer is producing your plant-based meat. So yeah, that's a great point. And also, um, it's going to say, yeah, it's still a very niche market. I feel also like the plant-based, um, area and, and all of that. And also like how you mentioned, there's still a lot of trial and error with consumers, you know, constantly trying new products because they just can't find, or, or they may not, I'm not speaking on behalf of all, all of, um, the plant-based consumers, but a lot may not be able to find that product that they can stick to. So yeah, I think there's, you're right. There's still a lot of trial and error, um, in plant, like when people are going out and choosing plant-based foods. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. and oversaturation competition. So yeah, I, st- I still find it in, in, in industry, industry, sorry. I still find it interesting that despite, um, being a booming market that, yeah, the oversaturation is kind of killing, um, killing off some of uh, these companies. Yeah, I think it'll take a few more, like many years, even decades for it to find its Mm -hmm. rhythm and for people to know their favorites and and know what they like. And I also find that, uh, you know, even just shopping in the grocery store and taking a look at these items that they come and go so quickly. I feel like a lot of items are discontinued um, that might have been people's favorites and then they're upset about it and, uh, you know, there aren't replacements. And even though a lot of plant-based meats are often made from the same things, um, I feel like there's still so much variation as well in terms of like the, the consistency and the products themselves. And yeah, th- there's just a few more things that need to be ironed out and and more trial and error and just time I think will help the the industry just find its its groove um, and not be so uh, volatile um, anymore but we shall see well that brings us to the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast if you like today's show don't forget to rate, review and subscribe thanks everyone and see you next week Bye. bye, bye.
Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.